Jesse Kelly Show. Let's have some fun and talk about segregation. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to get to that tonight. Segregation of our society and watching it play out in real time. We'll talk about the weakness of the of the GOP and why they're so weak because there is a reason we'll expand on that we have Emerald Robinson coming up she's with Newsmax she's the White House correspondent you've seen her on TV with Newsmax she's coming up about an hour and a half from now has some very very interesting things to say about Afghanistan refugees I'll get to that in a moment and yes I'll update you on all the Afghanistan stuff. Look, I'm about Afghanistan out. It's not that we're going to stop talking about it. Until every American is safe, we have to focus on it. But what good is there to talk about? You heard me last night. I almost blew a gasket on the show. I got emails concerned for my health in the uh, sitting right here. <laughs> I'm good. But it's going to be a great night on the world-famous Jesse Kelly show. The right. Let's talk about the right for a moment. And here's how I'm going to classify the right. All right. Anyone who is opposed, anyone who thinks they're opposed to living in a communist nation. Now, that's a lot of people, isn't it? But let's just, I mean, so I'm going to lump everybody in conservatives, libertarians, conservatarians, nationalists, what a populist, whatever, whoever you are. If you're opposed to the communists, or at least you stand opposite of them and how you want your country to look, let's lump all every, every single person in here, all of us, you, me, everybody. You know what it's like for me watching the right quibble about whether or not we should, should we do cancel culture or does that make us uncomfortable? Uh, should we play offense? Oh, I don't think so. Hey, should we should we use our government power we have in this place to do something? Ooh, maybe not. You know what it reminds me? Watching all these little little quibbles. It reminds me of a group of kids, group of four or five kids standing on the train tracks fighting back and forth over one toy with the train barreling down the tracks. Why are you fighting over the toy? There is a much, much, much bigger issue that must be addressed. Otherwise, the toy doesn't matter, and each and every other child doesn't matter because you're about to be a flapjack. That's what it reminds me of when I watch the right quibble. It's why I don't call myself a Republican, mainly because Republicans drive me insane, and they're pathetic and cowardly and weak and stand for nothing. But I am an anti-communist. I'm not an anti-communist because... I don't have some desire myself of what I want my government to look like. If I was to start my own nation, I mean, obviously I'd be the dictator. But after I was done being, what, Chris? After I was done being the dictator, I would have a tiny government, just like America was. I'd put more restrictions on the government trying to keep it safe. But I don't know that we could have done more, maybe keep women from voting or something like that. But what if we could make jokes in all seriousness, I have my own perfect views on how I want government to operate and not operate, and they won't align perfectly with yours, but I have my own specific views. But I'm also aware enough of the danger we are currently in to realize I don't care which one of us gets the toy. 
unless the train has stopped, it doesn't matter. That's why I'm an anti-communist. That's why I get so incredibly frustrated with people like, and I'm just picking on her. It's going to sound like I'm picking on her because I picked on her last night. But I'm picking on her because she's currently the, the face of this. That's why I'm picking on Christy Noem, governor in South Dakota. Came out, said, nope, I'm not going to ban businesses from vaccine mandates. Businesses can absolutely mandate vaccines to you if you don't like it. It's all about freedom. You have freedom. It's a freedom, freedom, liberty, freedom fest. Just free, free, free. You just give free to move. I have an email inbox full every single day. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. This is a small sample you're hearing right now of the emails I have. It's a gigantic stack every day. Chris prints them all out for me. I read every single one of them. My email inbox is full every day. Not of people pleading, Jesse, I just wish I was a more perfect libertarian Jesse, I wish I was a better conservative. Jesse, if I could be a better nationalist, that's what I want. That's not what my emails say. You know what my emails say? Jesse, I'm going to have to quit my job. Jesse, please help me. Jesse, my employer is making me quit my job. Jesse, do you have a lawyer I could hire? Jesse, help. Jesse, my job. Jesse, my employer. My people are screaming for help. They don't want to hear things like, well, it's freedom. It's a freedom fest. We don't have time for that. And I love freedom more than any other person on the planet because I've seen the ugly parts of this world and I know how amazing it is. I get it. I'm not mocking the concept of freedom. It's quite literally everything. But you don't have it unless the commies are stopped first. You either find a way off the tracks or you find a way to stop the train or we're arguing over meaningless stuff. Well, I'm not sure what we should do. Is this the right thing? Are we doing this the right way? Look, we want to be statesmen. Are we being good guys? None of this matters. None of it matters. Nothing. Unless we win. None of it. We can defeat the communists. We can join together, agree that the communists are problem 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10, and defeat them first, and then we'll work out our differences, or we've already lost. It's already over. If we're going to, on the right, be too weak, cowardly, stupid, naive, I I don't know. I'm sure there are different words to describe each and every person. If we're going to be too pathetic in general to fight against the communists because we're worried about this little difference between you and I or that little difference between you and I, then we might as well just give it all up. And I don't know about you. I'm not ready to give it all up. I need every single person on the right. You need every single person on the right to be an anti-communist. If you wanted to be the perfect libertarian, which is totally fine. Libertarian is a great, great ideology, as you know. Great ideology. The time for you to strive to be the perfect libertarian was 50 years ago. Now we're in deep trouble. We needed to try to save America. The time has come for people to stop putting stupid things or or formerly smart things that are now stupid out in front as what they're trying to be. I don't need you to strive to be the perfect conservative. I need you to save the country. I don't need you to strive to be the perfect libertarian. I need you to save the country. And whenever you bring this up, you'll, you'll get responses back from people that say things like, well, 
I can't believe you said this. That's not libertarian. I'm not trying to be the perfect libertarian. I'm trying to stop the communists from destroying the United States of America, which they are currently quite successful at doing, in case you haven't noticed. We are that group of kids. We are standing on the train tracks, and the train is a-coming, and it's coming really fast. And we act like, most of the time, we act like it's not even there. We act like it's not even there. Christy Noem gets up, people in South Dakota, I know because I have emails from them, pleading, Jesse, I'm going to have to move. I'm going to have to move back to another state. I'm going to have to do this. I can't, I'm either going to have to get the vaccine or quit. Jesse, why won't they help? Why can't she help? Why won't she help me? Because she's not trying to help you. She's trying to be the perfect whatever it is she thinks she should be instead of trying to stop the communists. We are, you and I currently, saw a lot in life. There's no need getting down about it. That was yesterday. Pick your chin up. We are currently surrounded on all sides. We either decide we have to stop the train and get off the tracks or we're going to die. Not direct enough for you? How, how serious is it getting? Did you, did you hear what Kirby just said? It came on right before the show. I'll play it for you in just one second. But first and foremost... You need to protect what you've worked so hard for. And I'm talking about your money. I know you work hard for it. Whether you have 50 bucks in the bank or 50 million in the bank, I know you worked hard for it. I know you earned it. You did the work. Don't let these big spending, insane politicians and money people destroy what sits in your bank account. Inflation is real. It's happening right now. It's happening fast. And it is, there is no indication right now it's going to stop or slow down. But. There's a solution, at least part of a solution. You can get real gold in your hands. You should have real gold in your home right now. Oxford Gold Group will send you real gold to put in your home. 833-995-GOLD, 833-995-GOLD. Call them, tell them Jesse told you to call. You can't imagine how easy they make it. 833-995-GOLD, call Oxford Gold Group today. Jesse Kelly returns next. It is the Jesse Kelly show. Kind of an interesting song for Chris of all people to be picking, huh? (laughs) You should have heard Chris earlier in the day arguing with new guy Michael and I trying to wash his hands of him killing Jesus. Tried to put it on the Italians. And look, nobody, nobody loves to dump on Italians more than me. But there's no way you're getting away with that, Chris. <laughs> it is the Jesse Kelly Show. You know we're getting complaints about that one. It's the Jesse Kelly Show, and yes, life goes on. Now, like I was just saying, this is serious. It's serious enough that we have to join together on the right to stop the communists or none of our efforts to be the perfect libertarian or nationalist or populist or conservative, none of those things matter at all. That None of them matter at all. And I, so many of these arguments we seem to have now focus on, on this tiny issue or that ch- tiny issue as if the freight train isn't coming down the tracks. The right operates, this is why I get so frustrated, not with a sense of purpose and urgency and, and all these. The right operates... As if it's 1940, 
Well, look, it's just two different parties and two kind of different visions, but we all really love America, right? And we're all kind of, we're moving towards the same thing. It's not the end of the world. No, it is actually the end of the world. Quite literally, it is the end of the world if the United States of America cannot hold it together. Maybe not the end of the world, but a massive changing in the world if the United States is not here to stop them. It is that big of a deal. We have to have a sense of urgency now. And these people... I've tried to explain this before, and they make it easier and easier for me every single day to explain this. I've tried to explain what's coming next with the coronavirus stuff. I want people to be able to see it. One, they're communists. They're not tired of all the control. There seems to be this, this thinking because people want this to be true. And I get it. That's human nature. People, people will make the, only, the, the, the reality in their mind they want to be true. So people continue to convince themselves, just a couple more months, uh, you know, just if I get vaccinated. Okay, I got vaccinated, but everyone else didn't get vaccinated. Dang it. Okay, if, just, if we get to a high enough percentage, then, then they'll leave me alone. Oh, gosh, we got to a high percentage. Ooh, booster shots now. Okay, you know what? I'll do my booster shot. It's just next spring. I just heard Dr. Fauci. He said next spring. They're never, ever, ever ever going to let you go. That's not how communists operate. They're never going to let you go. They're not tired of this. That's what's crazy is you're tired of it. I'm tired of it. It's your small business. It's your child in school. It's your this. It's your that. These people, these people who are being tyrants over you right now, they haven't experienced coronavirus. Their kids are in wealthy private schools. No, they're not wearing masks. How many videos have you seen of all these people at their dinners and parties and vacations? They're not hunched over, wearing three masks, hiding in their apartment, getting fat watching Netflix. They're on vacation in the Mediterranean, baby. They're living their lives. They're not tired of coronavirus. It's meant more wealth and power to them than they ever could have imagined. They're never going to let you go. They're never going to slow down, ever, until you make them. Did you hear the Pentagon spokesman, Kirby, today? He was asked about forcing the military, which the Biden administration is currently doing, to get the coronavirus vaccine. Well, that's quite a thing, and you're running into a legal problem with that, right? Because, yeah, you sign a contract when you join the military, and, yeah, they make you take a bunch of stuff. I took all kinds of stuff. I mean, who knows the stuff I was, they were dumping into my body to keep me alive, but you are taking something and making them do it when they didn't have to do it when they join. So there are some problems. And, well, the communists have a solution. And I know you're going to be surprised, but it's not back off and give people a choice. What is the, the secretary's policy or, or decision on any troops who refuse to get the vaccine? What the secretary has uh, communicated to the military departments is to execute this mandatory vaccination program with uh, Obviously, skill and professionalism, which we always do, but also with a measure of compassion. And so for uh, a member who still objects, the individual will uh, be offered a chance to sit down with a physician and have that physician communicate to them uh, the risks that they're taking by continuing to not want to take uh, the vaccine. Uh, they will also be offered a chance to sit down with their chain of command and their leadership to talk about the risks that their objection uh, will impose on the unit and on the force. Okay, okay, so we know what this is. They're simply going to destroy your career. 
That's what that means. Of course, they always have to be. They're always politicians. This is why. Look, I'm thrilled about the popularity of the show, but I'm also not naive of why the show has gotten so popular so fast because I just say exactly what I think. Don't you hate how these people talk? Well, they're gonna have an they're gonna have an opportunity to to sit down with their command and 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 find out you know exactly how they're how they're maybe hurting the unit. I don't know. Oh, shut up, you disgusting communist! Just be honest about it. We're gonna destroy anyone's career who doesn't take the vaccine. That's what you're doing. Stop with this mealy mouth politician speech. It drives me absolutely crazy. Get up there and speak. Tell me what you're going to do. Not like I can't. It's not like I don't know anyway. I see right through these scumbags. So we're going to take our military and we're now going to begin destroying the career of anybody who doesn't want to put it in their body. Keep in mind, by the way, the military is stacked full of people who are in shape, young men and women, um, with the exception of the Air Force, of course. Now, in shape, young men and women, I have a year and a half of data. I don't need theories. I don't need Fauci. I don't need the CDC. I don't need the FDA. I don't need Joe Biden. I have a year and a half of data. I have it sitting right in front of me showing me healthy 18, 19, 20-year-olds are at no risk whatsoever of coronavirus. None. Instead, we're making them all take the vaccine. Why? I've told you before and I meant it. They were never going to look. The communists were never going to get to a place where they took over Hollywood and they took over the education system and they took over a bunch of the departments of the government, you know, the EPA and the NEA and all these things. They were never going to get to that point and say to themselves, you know, I think we're done. Look, we've taken we've taken everything we want. I mean, for the most part, but I'm, I, don't you think we've had enough, Bob? I think we've got, you know what? You're right. We've had enough. We're done. They don't think like that. They never stop. Lenin spoke endlessly about how the revolution must be continuous and without end. Communism must be for the entire world or they don't stop. They were never going to stop until they got the military too. They're well aware of the necessity of having a monopoly on force. Otherwise, they couldn't do all the things they really genuinely want to do to you. And they want to do some really terrible things to you. They do. So they needed a way to get into the military. And they found two great ways. One is the obvious, the American university system. Remember, every single officer in the military has gone through America's university system. Oops. And what's the second way? What do I mean? What am I talking about? What's this vaccine stuff have to do with communism? I'll tell you. Just a second. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. And yes, we have a lot more tonight. Don't forget, we got Emerald Robinson coming up about one hour from now. Has some very, very, very interesting things to say about refugees from Afghanistan. You know, I don't know if you've heard this before. All cultures are not the same. You know what? Table that for a minute. I have to finish my thought on the vaccines and what I'm talking about. Why would Joe Biden, why would this administration hand down a vaccine mandate to the military? They know that they're well aware the, the personnel in the United States military are not at grave danger from coronavirus. It's a bunch of young, in-shape kids. Like I said, except for the Air Force. <laughs> oh, what, Chris? We can make jokes. But they know they're a bunch of in-shape kids. Well, what better way to get rid of the people who oppose you 
Can you think of a better way for them to get rid of in mass the people who oppose them? So you're going to have people who aren't re-upping. They're not going to re-enlist. And you're going to destroy the career like Kirby just said. Remember what Kirby just said? I'll play it for you again here. He's, this is political speak for if you don't take the vaccine, we will wreck your career. What is the, the secretary's policy or, or decision on any troops who refuse to get the vaccine? What the secretary has uh, communicated to the military departments is to execute this mandatory vaccination program with uh, obviously skill and professionalism, which we always do, but also with a measure of compassion. And so for uh, a member who still objects, the individual will uh, be offered a chance to sit down with a physician and have that physician communicate to them uh, the risks that they're taking by continuing to not want to take uh, the vaccine. Uh, they will also be offered a chance to sit down with their chain of command and their leadership to talk about the risks that their objection uh, will impose on the unit and on the force. It's very compassionate. Doesn't it sound compassionate? Look, if you don't take this thing I'm telling you to take, we're simply going to bring you in and sit you down with the doctor who will tell you what a demonic, evil, uh, unhealthy specimen you are and how you're going to murder everyone in your unit. And then if that doesn't work, we'll bring you in with the chain of command and we'll sit you down and we'll ruin your career if you don't take it. Why? It's very compassionate. What's your problem? <laughs> what better way? What better way to eradicate the people out of the military you don't want there? And remember, Father Time waits for no man. Every day, more people get out of the military, so every day, more people must enter the military. What kind of people aren't going to join now? Which, which side of the aisle is mostly unvaccinated? I realize it goes across the aisle. You know, hospital workers aren't, aren't like half of them won't get vaccinated, cops, so on and so forth. But in general, is it people on the right or people on the left who won't get the vaccine? Well, they're not going to join the military how long until you have a military full of nothing but Democrats? Do you really think that's an accident? Do you really? Set this stuff aside for a moment. And yes, in case you're wondering, begrudgingly, I'm going to take some phone calls tonight. You did very well last night, so we're going to do phone calls again. 877-377-4373. 877-377-4373. We'll take some calls later on. Back to the culture thing, though. Because we got Emerald Robinson coming on talking about Afghanistan refugees in about an hour. All cultures aren't the same. And I know this is the United States of America, which means all of us have been blasted by all these completely false things. And even most people on the right talk like this now. They'll say things like, well, we're a big melting pot. Well, America's multicultural. Well, America's, I saw somebody yesterday, it cracked me up. America's just an idea. Anyone who wants to be free can be an American. I know, Chris, someone actually said it. I, I know. No, actually, uh, America is a unique, sovereign nation, and America has its own unique culture. Now, you can love that culture or hate it, but it is unique. We are a country that is founded on limiting the size of the federal government. That's what we're founded on. And Judeo-Christian values. That's why God is referenced several times in the Declaration of Independence, where our laws are based on many biblical principles. You don't have to be a Christian or a Jew. 
That's what we are. I don't care if you like it or not. It doesn't matter. Your feelings mean nothing to me. Absolutely nothing. I'm a monster. But that's what we are. We're, our, we're a unique country, a unique culture. Now, all cultures don't mix well. It's, it's stupid to think they do. And look, whether you think a culture is great or not, you have to acknowledge some cultures don't mix well. You know how many Jews are in Afghanistan? One. And I don't know if we know he's still alive. They actually ran a news story on him, the last Jew in Afghanistan. One. Gee, I wonder why that is. One Jew in the whole country. Okay. Now, look, that's not even me passing judgment on Afghanistan. Clearly, there are many situations where Jews and different sects of Islam, all the sects are not the same, different sects of Islam don't mix at all and don't want to mix. But Christians and Jews mix really well. So much overlap in the things they believe mix really, really well. Now, I understand historically that has not really been the case, but these day, this day and age, Christians and Jews mix very well. No problem there. Countries and states and cities have sometimes had great success importing immigrants from uh, this specific culture or that specific culture and terrible failures from other places. Minnesota. Ask anyone from Minnesota. We brought it up before. They imported 57,000 people from Somalia into Minnesota. Somalia is a country where they practice female genital mutilation on their women at an over 90% clip. I'm not going to describe it for you. It's a family show. It's more horrific than you can imagine. Now, that's their culture, though. Whatever. Judge it. Don't judge it. I think that's barbaric, but that's their culture. Fine. That's That's your culture. That's not our culture. That doesn't fit here. It does not fit here. It doesn't fit together. That's not racist or bigoted or prejudiced. That's the reality of life. Some cultures don't mix. There are countries in this world who have very recently experienced a large influx of refugees from Afghanistan. They're in Europe. Emerald Robinson is going to talk about it here about 45 minutes now. It has not gone well. It has not gone well at all. It has been a disaster, especially for the women in those countries. A big, big, big problem. And you, you and I have to have a discussion about compassion. What it is and what it isn't. You see, compassion compassion is an individual idea. An individual thing. What does that mean? That means if you walk outside and you see a homeless person on the sidewalk and it's cold and you walk up and bring him a coat and a blanket and something to eat. You are compassionate. If you walk outside and see that same homeless person, and you walk back in and say, Jesse, that guy looks cool. Go get him a blanket and a sandwich. That's not compassion. That's not compassion at all. And that's how people treat immigration into this country and refugees into this country. You see, I see so many people, including on the right out there right now, we need to bring everyone here so they can be safe. Okay, that's, that's not a, it's, it's your stance, fine. They moving next door to you? I mean, thousands of them. Are, are they moving next door to you? Your little town? Your suburb? They swarming in there by the thousand? You okay with that? How many are you bunking up in your place? Oh, well, I mean, no. I mean, we'll put them somewhere. What does that mean, we'll put them somewhere? Put them where? Put them where? Because it sounds like you're being compassionate with somebody else's time, space, money, and culture. That doesn't make you compassionate. I don't know what you call that. It's not compassionate. 
the United States of America's immigration and refugee system, you don't get to list that as a charitable donation on your taxes. You're aware of that, right? 877-377-4373. We'll take some calls in a second. I'm not done on this. Hang on. Jesse Kelly. Back soon. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and yes, I told you it was going to be fun tonight. Look, all I was saying was compassion with someone else's money, time, community, culture. It's not compassion. I I see so many of these takes on the left and the right. We need to bring everyone here. Okay, your house? But wait a minute, why are you frowning? What do you mean, no, not your house? Whose house then? Well, I mean, somewhere. We need to get them somewhere. Where? Well, uh, uh, a big city. Okay, so big city people don't matter. They're not. They're not Americans either. I don't know what. I know you don't know. What I'm trying to get at is not necessarily about the refugee thing specifically. What I'm trying to get at is we must stop this thing that has taken over this country. What is this thing? This desire for government to do something. Does every time somebody sees some sad pictures on the internet, oh, I, I saw this picture and there was this kid. He looked hungry and dirty. Let's bring in 80,000 people from Afghanistan. Wait, what? What? No. What? We can't do this government run by concerned suburban housewives anymore. This doesn't work. We have to stop this. I, I, I'm sorry. It's time for the jerks to be in charge. Dear Dr. Jesse, why do you think you lost your congressional races? And he says, please no excuses on how you were outspent by your opponent. That's as annoying as a talk show caller saying, thank you for taking my call. He says, you strike me as the total package except for your humbleness and shy nature. Well, here's why I lost my congressional race. I mean, overall, on a macro level, why I lost my congressional race is I... I hate holding back from saying very direct truths. Very, very, very direct truths. That's Honestly, it's part of why this show has become successful. We figure this out. People love it because I'll just come out, out and say it. Well, I was the same way when I was running for Congress. They asked me on camera. I mean, one of the main reasons I lost, if you want to know, they asked me on camera. I'm sure the video is still on YouTube somewhere. You can go see young, fresh-faced Jesse one of the one of the uh, questions was, "Hey, what's the, what? What do you think about Social Security?" To which I responded, "I mean, what? How I should have responded? Let's say this: I, I should have responded. Well, Social Security—it's—it's it's one of those government programs. It's really—it's uh, really been mismanaged for a long time. And the truth is that a lot of people in this country they really they really rely on Social Security. And I don't like how Democrats have mismanaged it and spent that. Like that's what you should say. That's what that's that's the smart thing to say when you're running for office." That kind of mealy mouth talk, as you've heard, it drives me. It drives me up the wall. Even in my personal life, this is not just on radio. My personal life, I can't stand it. Speak to me directly. You don't have to dance around stuff. So they asked me this, and they asked me this on camera, and I said, "Oh, it's the biggest Ponzi scheme in the history of mankind," which, of course, it is. There's no question. It's the biggest Ponzi scheme ever. It's a complete disaster. And I said that. Well. Communists aren't stupid. They promptly gathered those words. It was a district. Again, this is Arizona. So many old people live there because it's so warm all the time. 
They promptly started running ads telling old people I was going to take away their Social Security. Oh, Chris has the ad? Do you have the ad? Oh, Chris said they can't play it. You haven't screened it. It's a political ad. There's no cuss words in it, man. Oh, Chris is making us wait. He's such a do-gooder. Gosh. Okay. All right. Look, we're going to play you this ad in like five minutes from now because nerd boy over there won't break a couple rules. But look. It was a brilliant ad. They ran it, and they told all the old people, uh, Jesse's going to take away your Social Security. And after they started running it, I couldn't count how many Republicans were coming up to me saying, Jesse, I'm voting for you, but, ma'am, my Republican mom is not. She loves her Social Security. Jesse, my grandpa said he can't vote for you now because of Social Security. The truth is... The reason I lost is the same reason I'll never run again. People say that to me all the time. Run again. We want you to run. We want you to run. I will never, ever run trying to hold back on hard truths. I will not. I I despise it. And I probably should, right? I probably should get up there and say, well, I mean, the truth is I I just want to help everybody. And No, I don't do that. I can't do that. It's not how I'm built. I, I I detest talking like that. I detest people who talk like that. I mean, look. Here's a great example. This is a great example. Kevin McCarthy. Once the Republicans win back the House in the midterms, he's going to be Speaker of the House. And full disclosure, I've had a private dinner with Kevin McCarthy before. So I know the man a little bit. I hate speech like this. Right now, our whole focus should be just getting Americans out. But there has to be accountability in the future that this mistake can never happen again. There's many places we'll have to look, not just from the State Department, the intel, to decisions that are being made, but even in Congress itself. This Democrat majority and Adam Schiff shifted the entire Intel Committee to be one of impeachment and political. What did we miss? What does that mean? Does it, I'm sorry, did, is that supposed to mean something to me? Who? Who? Give me names. Who at the State Department? All right, what are you going to do about it? Okay, if, if, if this is a massive presidential cover-up or, or a huge mistake, are you planning on impeachment? Did I miss that part? Uh, the Secretary of Defense, is he responsible? Did you mention Lloyd Austin's name? What does that mean we have to look into it? We have to look into it? That sounds like, that sounds like me when the wife comes home and she says, I, 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 just bought, I just bought all those cinnamon rolls yesterday. Who ate three of them this morning? And she says, Jesse, was it you? And I say, you know, there's a lot of ins, a lot of outs. Uh, I, got, I got to be honest, the schedule's been really fluid lately. Uh, I'll tell you what, I'm going to look into it. That sounds like you aren't going to do anything. That's what it sounds like to me. It sounds like you don't intend. I can't speak in that way. And I won't speak in that way. And I'll be honest, and I know this is probably wrong. This is actually not probably wrong. I'm sure it's wrong. I would be resentful. And probably, to be honest, am resentful that I would have to speak that way. It bothers me. It bothers me a great deal. I I hate telling people what they want to hear instead of the truth. It drives me up the wall. I'll never, ever, ever in a million years run for office again just for that reason. I'll never do it. I can't do it. That's why I lost the first time. I would lose by twice as much the next time. Oh, but Jesse, you're in Texas now. I I hear, I see how people on the right talk. I'm not so sure the right would elect me either. And that's fine. I'm having a time of my life. I don't even work for a living. I talk on the radio and TV. All right. 877-377-4373. Get to some more emails, some phone calls, and General Sullivan. Oh, gosh, our military. 
Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and apparently I work with a couple baby faces. We were talking about shaving during the break. I got to be on Tucker Carlson's uh, show on Fox News tomorrow night, so I've got to get into the fresh shave and whatnot tomorrow. And these two baby faces, they use soap. They use soap instead of shaving cream. That's when you know you have like two hairs on your head. That reminds me when I was a kid and I wanted to have facial hair like my dad. Like my dad could grow. My dad used to have a sweet mustache. Oh, I need a mustache, Chris. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I could pull it off. Anyway, I always wanted to start shaving. And I, of course, because he's my dad, I said, Dad, can you teach me how to shave? And he looks at my face. He says, just go rub hard with a towel. (laughs) That's not very nice. You know what? I want phone calls right now. 877-377-4373. What's something funny and harsh your dad told you growing up? Funny and harsh. It better be harsh or don't call in. 877-377-4373. All right, we found some of the ads. The question was, I got a question about why didn't I win my race? And I said, I mean, it was just way too direct. Here was me. I told you I was direct. Here was me on camera talking about Social Security. Social Security and Medicare, it's the biggest Ponzi scheme in history. Right now, you have to take steps to reform it, to privatize it, to phase it out. Phasing out future generations, taking steps to privatize, vouchers, everything. It's not an option of should it be done, it must be done. Lost me the race right there. Lost me the race right there. I I mean, after that, they ran this ad. Uh, This was one, look, I could play a dozen of these ads, but these ads were all over the television set. Is Jesse Kelly listening to you? Was Jesse Kelly listening to you when he said on Social Security, I'd love to eliminate the program? Jesse Kelly said he would work to eliminate Medicare over time. Was he listening to you then? How about when Jesse Kelly said at the same time he'd cut taxes in half for millionaires? Is Jesse Kelly listening to you? Just listen to Jesse Kelly. The Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee is responsible. That was over a decade ago. I still stand by all that. Still stand by every word of it. That's why I can't run for office. That's why I can't run. That's why I won't run for office. I'm not doing it. I'm never, ever, ever going to do it. I'm not putting up with this ever again. I speak that way because I believe it. Oh, by the way, Social Security, you know about the budget, right? The U.S. budget that is running massive, over a trillion dollar deficits now every year. Now it's up to like two, three trillion dollars. You know what percentage of the budget is Social Security? A quarter of it. 25% of it. So, again, people can be mad at me all they want about that stance. And no, I don't want a single old person to lose their Social Security check. But the future of the system has to be to eliminate it or it's going to finish us. And you can get mad about that all you want. On a long enough timeline, I'm right. So that's why I'm never running again. All right, remember, 877-377-4373, something harsh and hilarious your dad told you or yelled at you growing up. Now, what have I been telling you? How, how many times have we had this talk about segregation, about what's coming, about how dangerous this whole vaccine thing is? Vaccine, get vaccinated, the pandemic of the unvaccinated. How, many t- how long have we had this talk? And what did I tell you? Step one, in every society where a horrible atrocity has ever been committed, step one is 
let's figure out who the lower people are who are causing all of the problems. Who are these lower classes? Who is this lower class of scum responsible for this and responsible for that? Okay, now we've got them. In America right now, it's the unvaccinated. Now we've found them. They're the reason people are getting sick. They're the reason things can't go back to normal. They're the reason. They're the reason. They're the reason. And what have we said? What have I said time and time again? What's the inevitable step two? I know it's inevitable because it happens every single time. What's the inevitable step two after step one? You've identified them. What do we do with them? I mean, it's not enough to identify them. It was never going to stop at pandemic of the unvaccinated. It's not enough to identify them. We have to decide what we're going to do with them now. I'm On my life, I'm not making this up. This is real. Washington Public School forces student-athletes to wear ankle monitors for the purpose of coronavirus segregation. A 15-year-old girl was allegedly forced to wear an ankle-tracking monitor for volleyball practice at Eatonville High School in Washington, in Washington State, as a condition of participating in team sports. This was required of both. Oh my gosh. The mother should the mother spoke anonymously to the Post Millennial. Her daughter was at practice for the school's volleyball team and texted her that she was being asked to put on an ankle monitor. Here's the thing. Not only are we strapping ankle monitors on kids now, they haven't even begun yet. I keep trying to trying to drive this point home. It's not like that's the final crazy thing these people are going to do. This is still the beginning. This is still the American politicians in the bureaucracy, public schools, corporations. What you're seeing now is... They've already identified who the bad guys are. That's the unvaccinated. If you're unvaccinated, you're the bad guy. Now they're simply feeling out exactly what they can get away with as far as punishment goes. And they haven't at all gotten to the end of that road yet. They haven't. They're feeling out. Well, you know, I bet you you money we could make these kids wear ankle monitors and that would make them get vaccinated. They've only begun. And in case you're wondering, oh, what would stop this? Jesse, what would stop it? Jesse, we have to stop this. The only thing that stops this is mass noncompliance. There is not a second way. Either we will start massively refusing to comply, which will make them back away, or this never, ever, ever ends. Ever. All right. I asked. Apparently, you answered. What are some things, 877-377-4373, what are some harsh, hilarious things your father told you? Remember, no hi, Jesse, no love the show, don't ask me how I'm doing, don't thank me for taking your call. When I get to you, get into the point. Doesn't mean you have to hop right off the line, I'll probably hang up on you before you get to that point anyway, but get in, get your point. Pat... In Houston, what would your dad tell you? He told me I had diarrhea of the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I was rambling too much, Jesse, rambling too much, and he just, that's what he told me. I was trying to help him. And I was just, 
too much. <laughs> thanks. Sorry, Pat. <laughs> Diarrhea of the mouth. All right. Chris, I think it's Christy. I ran out of room on the page. If it's Christine, I apologize. Christy or Christine, go. Hi, it's Christian from Bethlehem, PA. Oh, sorry, Christian. <laughs> go ahead, buddy. No problem. Crashed my bike into a car head on. Stuck my chin through the windshield. <sighs> flipped up over, came back down in the gravel on the side of the road, chin first, and had gravel stuck in my face. Got home, told the old man. The old man said, you better stop, start popping them out before the skin grows over. That's <laughs> so good. Thank you for the call. <laughs> Sammy, Sammy in New York. Make it quick. Go. <laughs> Got to turn the radio down. We will come back to that 877-377-4373. Something harsh and hilarious. Your father told you. And look, it can be offensive. I'm offensive. It's an offensive show. Just don't use any bad language or we got to drop the call. We have this thing where, where we can drop it. There's a little delay. I don't have to go into all the details of this fancy radio stuff. Chris, do you know how the delay works? Because I actually don't know how the delay. You do know how, to, how it works? Oh, I don't, I don't know that at all. It's not my area, Chris. <laughs> all right. Husband and wife driving home. Driving home from dinner one night. Stop at a red light. It's happened to you in the dark a million times, hasn't it? An angry, loud mob begins swarming their car and pounding on their car. That's how it begins. You've seen all the internet videos. Soon, they're trying to get the driver's side door open. Soon after that, they get the driver's side door open, and now the husband is being dragged from the car. Can you even imagine the fear you would feel in your bones in that moment? By the grace of God, he owned a Hero 2020 non-lethal weapon, one I own as well. He manages to grab it, shoots his attacker twice in the chest. It unleashes this brutally, and I mean brutally powerful, chemical irritant. Attackers back off. They're both alive to this day. Go to Hero2020.com and get one. Use the coupon code KELLY. It'll get you a special discount. Hero2020.com, coupon code Kelly. State law restrictions may apply. Miss something? There's a podcast. Get it on demand wherever podcasts are found. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. We got Emerald Robinson. I love talking to Emerald Robinson. She's coming up in 10 minutes. She always has some juicy Washington insider stuff. I love the juicy Washington insider stuff because then I go repeat it to other people and act like I came up with it. There's no limit. Remember, kids, there's no limit to what you can accomplish if you're you're willing to steal other people's work and pass it off as your own. I tell that to my kids all the time. (laughs) I'll give it. The phone lines are completely full with your dad's stories. Again, the harsh words, hilarious words from your father. This is apparently something that's going to be a running theme on the show tonight. I'll get back to that in just one second. Give me a minute. But I do have to address this. Biden receives inconclusive intelligence report on COVID origins. 
President Biden on Tuesday received a classified report from the intelligence community that was inconclusive about the origins of the novel coronavirus, including whether the pathogen jumped from an animal to a human as part of the natural process or escaped from a lab in central China, according to U.S. officials familiar with the matter. Every single person on the face of the planet knows that this didn't start in a bowl of bat soup. Remember they tried to sell that to us right in the beginning? That was obviously a lie that came from China because it didn't make them look bad. The only question is, did it, did it leave that lab intentionally or not? That's the only question, and I'm sure we'll never know. Powerful states like China would never allow that information to get out. Anyone who has that information has <clears throat> committed a Jeffrey Epstein a long, long time ago. We'll never know whether it was intentional or not intentional, but our intelligence services, even our intelligence services, are not able and willing to speak basic, uncomfortable truths now. I got that question earlier in the show. Why I will never run for office? This is the reason why. Nobody's comfortable having honest conversations and speaking hard truths now. Everything has to be nice. Well, I mean, we don't want to offend. We can't offend China. Screw China. Did they do it or not? Did they do it or not? No, come on with that bat stuff. You know what? You know what? I'm not getting down again tonight, Chris. Not getting down tonight. We are going back to the line. Something mean and funny your father told you. Richard in San Diego, go. Yeah, my dad used to always tell us to go play outside, but he'd also say, don't come crying to me unless your bones are broken or, or you need stitches and you're bleeding out. <laughs> so, you know, you crash on your skateboard, you come walking into the house with raspberries all over your body and you're bleeding. What do you do? Don't take a bath. I love that story. That reminds me. I tell you about. I've got to tell my own real quick. I'll get back to yours in a second. So this one actually wasn't on dad. This one's on my mom, but it wasn't her fault. So I was always out riding. We were always out riding bikes. So when you're a kid, before you can drive a car, a bike is like your car. It's so cool. We could get a bunch of places. I'd ride my bike to school, a couple miles, nothing major. We'd ride. We just rode our bikes everywhere, and riding home one day. I'm with my buddy Steve. Uh, well, Steve. I'm with my buddy Steve, and I, of course, we're always doing dangerous, stupid things on the bikes. It's, it's inevitable. You, it, it, look, we're dudes. We're gonna do dangerous, stupid things on the bikes. I'm on the gravel part. I'm off. I'm off the road on a bunch of gravel, and there's this log, and I decide on on a whim. I decide I'm going to jump this log, and if I hit it exactly right, I'll get a sweet jump off of it. It'll be awesome. I mean, I, look. We're boys. Testosterone makes you stupid. There's nothing we can do about it, right? Boom, I hit this log. I didn't quite play the angles the way you should have. Right over the handlebars and right on the gravel. So my knee is, and my hand was all torn up too, but my hand, my hand and my knee took the brunt of it, and it was my right knee, and it was in tatters. Not only in tatters and, and bleeding profusely, full of rocks, because remember, it was gravel. I have rocks embedded in my skin. My bike is also trashed and unworkable. I have to take my bike, throw it on my shoulder, and start walking, limping home injured down the side of the road. Some wonderful little old lady sees me bleeding, and as she pulls over, I'll never forget this, in a Cadillac, in a nice car. 
and says, young man, hop in real quick. I'll drive you home. Chuck my bike in her trunk. She drives me home. I get home. My buddy Steve, he can't handle blood. So he's no help. He has to go sit down. He's pale as a ghost. My mother, my mother cut her own finger once in the kitchen and passed out. My mom cannot handle the sight of blood. It's not her fault. She's one of these people. I've, I knew Marines like this. Dad's gone. Dad's working. What, Chris? Chris said, how do you know Marines like this, buddy? We had to practice. You know what? I'll tell you that story in a minute. I'll tell you the Marine story in a minute. Don't distract me. So my mother can't. She actually can't. She's a mom. She's a mom. She wants to help, but she can't. She physically cannot get it done. She can't do it. She has to set me or I had to crawl on top of the bathroom counter with my knee hanging over the sink so the blood could drip into the sink. All mom could do was look away and hand me a pair of tweezers, and I had to sit there. No, I mean, no, no, no painkillers, no nothing. I had to sit there for hours and dig rocks out of my own skin. <laughs> See, now you know. Now you have a better understanding why I am the way I am. All right, we got Emma Robinson here in a minute. Let's get to a couple more harsh phone calls. Harsh, funny things your dad said. Nelson in Jersey, go. Um, advice from a Cuban father. I was riding a bike one time, similar to your stories, but I was with my friend, and I said uh, I was starting talking to my friend. Next thing I know, I rolled, I hit something on the curb, I went over the handlebars, and I chipped my tooth. And my father said in Spanish, Eso lo que pasa por comer mierda, which translates to, that's what happens for eating crap. <laughs> it just sounds a little better in Spanish. <laughs> Thank you, Nelson. <laughs> that sucks. All right. You know, boy, there are so many of these. All right. Mike, go. Mike in Long Island, go. Hey, my dad. Yeah, my, my dad used to say, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, and you need to slow down, boy. <laughs> You know, that's a good father right there. We have a bunch of these. Some, some lady, some lady has a dad talking to her about her first date. I'm dying to get to this, but I don't want to have to rush this. So you are going to have to hold because we got Emerald Robinson coming up. 877-377-4373. She's going to give us the dirt on Washington, D.C. We're going to have a long talk about refugees, a frank talk about refugees from Afghanistan. After that, we'll get back to you Stay on. 877-377-4373. Harsh, hilarious things your father told you. Did you see Did you see what Johnson did? Boris Johnson in the UK? PM Johnson says the G7 agreed the Taliban must allow departures after August 31st. What does that mean to you? It means the United States of America. We allowed the Taliban to push us around. All right, we're going to leave, Mr. Taliban. Britain stepped up and said, uh, actually, we're going to stay until all our people are gone. You don't you don't have a problem with that, do you? Gosh, that's freaking embarrassing. All right. Emerald Robinson in her Tennessee accent. Next. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. And joining me now, obviously, friend of the show with her great Tennessee accent. Also, White House correspondent with Newsmax, Emerald Robinson. Emerald, that is not an appropriate movie. (laughs) 
You know, I figured it's your show, so I mean, what is inappropriate? That's do uh, you know what? That's that's fair. That's one hundred percent fair. Emerald, <laughs> we we've been having a frank discussion tonight on the show about cultures and how all cultures don't mix with other cultures and how Europe has had a not-so-great experience with refugees from Afghanistan. You've been all over this. Please elaborate. Well, in Europe, uh, they they were very welcoming to uh, refugees, and they're, they're backtracking on that. What they found is that well, it really created a crime wave of uh, rapes and gang rapes of their women, uh, particularly uh, the the highest crime rates were among the Afghan young men who had settled into the countries. They had about a five times greater uh, crime rate of violent crime than any other group of Middle Eastern refugees, even you know Syria or the other countries that came into Europe. And that is something that's not getting talked about when we're talking about airlifting. Now, almost, what, 100,000 refugees that are, are clearly being very, very rigorously vetted, or at least that's what Joe Biden says. And, you know, of course, you see all these images overseas of, you know, what's going on there. And Americans are definitely some of the kindest, hardest people in the world. And but most people don't know these statistics, and that's not something that mainstream media is going to tell you. In fact, they're actively disappearing uh, articles they wrote before about uh, the Afghan culture and, and you know, some of the – look, we made a deal with the devil either way when we went into Afghanistan, and you knew we lost the war – and I thought Lee Smith, he has a great piece on this in Tablet Magazine. He says, the reality is that America lost its war in Afghanistan more than a decade ago, about the time when CIA officers began bribing aging warlords with Viagra. And they were giving them Viagra so they could repeatedly rape young boy sex slaves. Ugh. Gosh. Okay. Emerald, do we know, because you're the one who's been looking into this, I think what you just said about the the problems with Afghanis in Europe being so much higher than even places like Syria, I, I think that was probably the first time a lot of people heard that or realized that. Do we have any idea why? What is it? What What's the difference? I, I, people don't understand. They really, well, we're not sure. What they have noticed um, is that they they just seem to have a lack of impulse control. Uh, they don't know if it's hormones or just sort of a cultural issue. But clearly, even look at between the Taliban and and the uh, the Afghanistans that you know the U.S. was uh, allies with. The Taliban hated the act of what they call Bachabazi, which was the the boy sex slaves. They're called it's uh, the Ugh. dancing boys. And there's always some really disturbing uh, documentaries out there and, and great pieces of journalism on it, but you have to find it. It was from years ago. Um, and the Taliban actually shut that down and, and, and stopped that practice, even though they go in and, you know, pick up young girls and Ugh. force them to be marriage and concubines. And it just, it just seems to be, a cultural issue. Look, they're tribesmen. They're 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 just not the kind of culture that 
that you see in the West. They're still sort of these wild tribes. Uh, and we go in and we think that we can change them and impose democracy and nation build when that's just not the interest that they have. That's just not how they see the world. Well, speaking with Emerald Robinson, she's with Newsmax. Now, I have to ask, you were White House correspondent under Trump. You're now White House correspondent under a much different presidency, setting aside the Republican, Democrat, left, right, their dirty communist scumbags kind of thing. What are the differences you see as somebody who has to be in the room between how the Trump administration handled the press and the Biden administration? Well, it's night and day. The Trump administration was a very open press. They took questions from everyone. Everyone was allowed in the room. They were, in all honesty, how they're similar is they both were extremely friendly to the corporate liberal media. That's probably what a lot of Americans didn't understand is like, not, I mean, the president would talk to anybody, any media outlet, but his staff was particularly, um, I, they were a little friendlier to the corporate media, just like the Biden administration is. But they did let everybody in the room and it was it was free press. Uh, the Biden administration, I have yet to be allowed in the room with Joe Biden. They won't credential me or reporters from the New York Post and largely reporters from the Daily Mail, anyone who's reported on Hunter Biden's laptop at all. You're just not allowed in the room. Uh, with the president. And then Jen Psaki tries her best not to call on uh, myself and reporters from the New York Post. She'll go, uh, if she sees me in the room, in the briefing room, my seat is in like the fifth row. She won't come past the third row. (laughs) And so I yell at her, you know, and then she gets very frustrated. And she says, Emerald, 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 I'm moving on. (laughs) She tries her best not to take questions at all. From us, and there's just no access even to senior administration officials. They don't, the Trump administration had people out there talking to you all the time. You had access to them, you would run into them, you would talk to them. And then just look at how they've handled, though, this. They're just not used to any kind of pushback at all. That's why they don't want to call on certain reporters, it's because they don't want any kind of pushback or any kind of tough questions. So this has been really tough on this with this Afghanistan situation because, look, this the press is very upset about this, and a lot of it because it makes them look bad. They pushed this Afghanistan. Uh, they were very in support of the war of in Afghanistan. Reporters love to report on on wars, and they're part of this neoliberal class in Washington D.C. that is part of the military industrial industrial complex, and they just haven't seen a war that they didn't like. I mean, notice, no one in Washington today can tell you exactly what we were still doing over there in Afghanistan, but they're really, really upset that we pulled out. And so the Biden administration just didn't expect this kind of backlash, and they can't get their story straight between the Pentagon, the White House, and the State Department. Everybody's looking at who they can throw under the bus. I thought the Trump administration had some problems with that. It's nothing compared to the Biden administration. Emerald, what's your problem with garlic bread? You know, I just think it smells bad. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Take that back. Are you not are you not like garlic? What? I do like garlic, but there's something about garlic bread that's different. There it's you are officially the <laughs> only person in the history of the world who doesn't like you legitimately don't eat garlic bread, any of it? I don't eat garlic bread. But I do like to put garlic in lots of the things that I cook. Well, hold on, hold on. Let's clarify something. Are you on one of these weird hot newswoman diets where you don't eat a carb and that's why you don't eat garlic bread? 
I, I mean, I should be. <laughs> I should be. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm not. <laughs> All right, Emerald, real quick, we've only got about a minute left here. Tension between Kamala and Biden, it appears to be increasing, or is that just my eyes? It's totally increasing. And she, and it's not just between the two of them, it's their staffs as well. Oh, it's heating up, and she she didn't want any part of this. She goes off to Asia, but they have tried, the Biden team has tried to align her with them on that so that she's, you know, she doesn't escape unscathed. Uh-huh. There's a real power struggle in that White House right now. But look, Kamala, when she came in, felt like she was going to, you know, roll very quickly. But then she has some missteps that made the the people who really pull the strings question if they could get by with her being in place. And I think even the press question, remember, they were very pro Kamala at first. And I think the reason they haven't totally thrown Biden under the bus is because Kamala Harris has had so many gaffes, even compared to Biden. And the American people still just dislike her so much that they can't really push her. Yeah. Into the spotlight yet. Yeah. Well, she has a very specific skill set. Emerald Robinson, thank you so much. Thanks, Jesse. Told you she would bring it. All right. Apparently, every single person who listens to the show has a harsh, hilarious story about something their father said. We'll get back to that in just a second. And I have to play you this Jen Psaki clip. It's just, it just what the things they're willing to admit about what's happening in Afghanistan and what's not, it blows me away. So I'll play you that Jen Psaki thing. We'll get to your phone calls. But first and foremost, I know you work very, very hard for your money. I know you do. And I know right now you're currently watching inflation. I don't have to sit there and tell you, inflation's really bad. You see it. I'm not going to I'm not gonna do that. That's insulting. You see it when you get gas. You see it when you buy groceries. You see it in every part of your life. You're starting to see supply chain problems. Inflation is real. Inflation is not about to go away. Call Oxford Gold Group today. I'm not telling you to do anything radical, nor would I ever tell you to do so. And I'm not telling you to do anything I don't do. They don't provide you with a piece of paper or an email saying, hey, congrats, you bought some gold. We'll hold it for you. They deliver real gold, real gold to your front door. You have to have that now. Make sure you have something of real value in your hands the politicians can't ruin. 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. They make it super easy. Just tell them Jesse told you to call. They will take good care of you. Oxford Gold Group. 833-995-GOLD. Missed out? Catch up? jessekellyshow.com It is the Jesse Kelly Show. So this just happened. We try to stay up on the news for you here on this show. U.S. Embassy in Afghanistan tells Americans at the Kabul airport to leave immediately due to security threats. Quote, U.S. citizens who are at the Abbey Gate, East Gate, or North Gate now should leave immediately. I only bring this up to you because... We are reliant on the Taliban to get our people out safe instead of going to get our people out. In a war-torn nation, a crazy nation, how in the world are we this weak and pathetic? How in the world did we get here? And, and 
I hesitate to check the news now because I'm worried. I'm worried one of these times I'm going to check the news and it's not going to be a warning from the embassy. It's going to be a news story of 10 Americans slaughtered waiting for the gate. A bomb goes off. Shooting happens. And this shouldn't happen. And look, what's what's so astounding is not only have we come out and told the Taliban, all right, we're going to leave, and don't, I'll get back to your phone calls in a second, we're going to leave, we're going to leave when you told us to, Mr. Taliban, we'll do whatever you tell us to say. We're not even, we're not even acting like we have some kind of a plan for the people we leave behind. How do you safeguard these people and get them where they need to go without the U.S. military in the country? Well, uh, I know, uh, Nancy, as you as you mentioned, that the secretary was asked that. He didn't go into detail for a reason, because we are currently having those discussions through diplomatic channels. Uh, but what he assured, I think, the public of, and I can reiterate from here, is that we are looking at a range of options for how we can continue to provide consular support, facilitate departures for those who wish to leave after uh, August 31st. They have no plan. They have no plan. Uh, look, Major General Sullivan... He's out there. Uh, does this sound does this sound like a man who's hell bent on protecting every American citizen? Does this sound like that? How confident are you that all American citizens who want to leave will get out in the next seven days? And so, I what I can guarantee is we will get as many out as we possibly can with the time we have available. Which uh, implies some will be left behind. I, or could I won't be. speculate that on that. All I can say is we will get as many out as we possibly can. Wow. Wow. With guarantees like that. Boy, that is inspiring. Hey, General, I mean, you're the military. we got civilians in hostile territory. Uh, are you going to be able to get them out? Look, hey, man, we're going to do the best we can. All right. No promises. Wow. Wow. How, how far we've come. You know what? This is too ugly again. We're not going down this road again at the moment. Let's get back to harsh, hilarious things your father told you. 877-377-4373. Lynn in Colorado. I've been looking forward to this one. What would your dad tell you? <laughs> my first date, the young man comes in the house to meet my parents, mom and dad. And after that, dad hands me a penny, and I'm standing there going beside the young man. What's this for? Dad says, put it between your knees and keep it there. (laughs) Thank you, Lynn. Thank you, Lynn. (laughs) I'll be honest. Just being totally frank here, I'm very, very grateful I have boys. I think I think God did that to me because He knows. I think I don't think I would have been a good girl, Dad. Like with my sons, it's easy for me. Get up, suck it up, no whining, that kind of thing. One, I think a girl would have owned me. I'm worried she would have owned me. And I think God knew I wouldn't have done well with the whole dating scene. Every guy knows. Every guy knows what teenage boys are like as every guy was one. And have you seen the way these girls dress these days? No, 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 no. Get back upstairs and put on a garbage bag. No, I would not have done well. I would not have done well. All right. Michael in Tennessee, go. Yeah, I was about turning 17. I joined the Army in January 20, 1989. And uh, I got in there and I went out 10 years. I came back 10 years later. See, I was born with a speech impediment. I came back 10 years later when I was about 26. And my dad, he's sitting down there with a beer with me. 
knows anything with it all and has a bad sound. He said, when you were a kid, I can never understand a word you said. I'm like, you know, when I left home at 17, you tell me now, 26, I, you couldn't understand a word I said when I was a kid. Now it makes sense. When it was a Marine that taught me, he says, when you're talking politics, when you're excited about something, he goes, I can understand every word you say. And <laughs> Good story. Ron, Dad, what did he say to you? home and I'd be in trouble, I'd always say, well, Mickey Humphrey's parents let him do it. And he'd say, well, if Mickey Humphrey's parents told you to reach down and pick up a handful of poop and eat it, would you? And I think about that every time I get told I should get a shot for COVID. <laughs> Thank you, Ron. <laughs> we'll get back to more of these. 877-377-4373. I can't wait to talk to the lady whose dad tried to scare her out of driving. <laughs> See, that's the thing. With girls, I feel like, I feel like you have to protect them more, right? But the boys, I've already told my boys, everyone knows this, I'm kicking them out of the house as soon as they graduate high school. Go, be poor, get an apartment somewhere. I don't think I'd be able to do that to a girl. She'd be all, Daddy, can I stay? I'd be like, yes, of course. Here's a Lamborghini. We, we mortgaged the house so you can drive. <laughs> all right, we got more. Guess what percentage of U.S. evacuees from Afghanistan? Guess what percentage of Americans? I'll tell you in just a second. It is the Jesse Kelly show. Can you do you know the percentage of Americans who are being evacuated from Afghanistan cuz you're seeing these constant numbers right now. What you let me let me describe what's happening. The Biden administration is under assault by the media, by everyone in the world for their embarrassing handling of Afghanistan. They're now changing tactics and they're moving on to bragging about the number of people, number of people who They've evacuated. 5% are Americans. 5% are Americans. 5%. They don't even pretend to have control of anything on the ground. Kirby got up there. Kirby got up there and basically said, look, the situation, uh, I mean, it's not really in our control. We have been nothing but open with uh, the Taliban about who we expect them to let in. Uh, again, fully recognize that it's not every step of this process is in our firm control and that there are going to be instances where uh, it doesn't work as advertised. How embarrassing do we look right now to everybody? How embarrassing are we? Gosh, the situation's not in our control. We're the United States of America. Take control. Well, I just I just told you breaking news. They had to just tell a bunch of Americans waiting at the gates to leave because it's not safe. Go make it safe. What is that? What are we doing here? All right. I'm going to get back to your phone calls here. I'm going to do your, your phone calls about the harsh, hilarious things your father told you. You know what? It's, it, it's too much Afghanistan talk. It's, just, it's too dark out there. We're going back and we're doing this right now. Let's go to Carol. She's been waiting for a while. Carol in Portland, what did your dad do to you? Hey, well, this was harsh, but I don't know how hilarious it was. Well, I was 17, almost have my driver's license, uh, been riding with a friend, 
And one day he said, okay, I'll let you drive my car home from the store. So I got there, and, well, it was a stick shift. Uh, Somehow it got in the wrong gear, and the car just shook like crazy. He says, get out of this car. He says, you're never driving my car again. You'll never learn how to drive. And guess what? I was 37 before I tried again and got my license. Yep. 20 years wasted. Oh, gosh. Carol, can you drive well now or do you suck? No, I got a terrific, (laughs) uh, yeah, a terrific uh, reputation or whatever it is. Um, Yeah, that was uh, very, very traumatic. And he made it seem as though you almost had to have a Ph.D. It was a very difficult thing. So I had that stuck in my brain. And I didn't try again until I was in my 30s. I thought, well, that's really hard to learn, so I won't even try. You know, it's actually it's probably yeah. not because you yeah. were a teenager, Carol. It's probably because you're a woman. Moving on, we're going to talk to Robert in Queens, New York. Robert, go. Okay, two thoughts I'll carry to my grave for my father. The first one is, cheer up. You have a whole life of misery ahead of you, which is true. And the second one is, nothing is impossible if it's somebody else's job. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Robert. Scott in San Diego, go. Uh, This is actually my mom, and she she said, you know, the dragonflies with the long, skinny tail, you know, those bugs. She says, well, you got to watch out for those things because they'll sew up your mouth. What in the world? You know... My mom told me something like that once. I would always take the crust off the bread, and my mom told me all the nutrition's in the crust, so you have to keep the crust on the bread. And no, no, you're rolling your eyes now, Chris? I was I was in my 30s before I figured out this entire thing was a lie, and to this day, she denies having said it, but it was a fact. It was a fact. In fact, my dad did the same thing to me one time, too. I was watching a football game, and I'm sure I was being annoying. You know how annoying kids are when you're trying to watch something, especially when they're little. It's just endless questions. And I'm sure I'd asked him a thousand questions. So at one point, somebody got tackled, and a bunch of guys tackled him, and they threw a flag. And I said, Dad, why why was there a penalty flag? I don't understand. And I'm sure he said, well, he says to me, well, you're only, only one guy's allowed to tackle him at a time. I believed that for years. For years. <laughs> All right, one more for now. Bob in Washington, go. Hey, Jesse. Listen, when I was 18, my dad told me that the Army would never let me fly helicopters. I wound up as a young warrant officer in Vietnam at 19, flying helicopters. I turned 20. I was awarded a Silver Star for gallantry in action, whatever that means. And a a few days later, I was shut off the controls and earned a Purple Heart. So never let anybody tell you you can't do something, including driving a stick shift. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. Well done. By the way, Semper Fi, Bob, what did you do for that Silver Star? They don't just hand those out. Uh, it was a volunteer mission in Laos. So it's, you know. Understood. Semper Fi, sir. Jack in New Britain, Connecticut. Go. I was training for the Golden Gloves, broke my nose, walked into the kitchen. My father said, get out of the house and don't bleed in the kitchen. Go in the garage, cut up some paper shop towels, 
stick them up your nose and come back when it stops bleeding. <laughs> Thanks. Thank, well, now I see why you ended up being a boxer, Jack. <laughs> All right. Jay, your Major League Baseball dreams, what dad have to say about them? Actually, I was a minor league pitcher for San Diego out in South Carolina, and I had a rough night. And I had my dad didn't even know what had happened yet. I just called to talk to him, and he said, you have a rough night? I'm like, well, what makes you ask that? He said, well, a ball just landed in the neighbor's yard and killed the dog. <laughs> Thank you, Jake. Oh, gosh, that is so funny. Dads are the worst. I'm sure I've messed my kids up for life with the stuff I've said. I'd like to hear what my kids say. All right, do you hear this? Universities are redesigning mascots. Well, one university redesigned a mascot in a gender-neutral climate change protesting SJW. Also, they're calling for Notre Dame to drop the leprechaun. Understand, I'm not going to go into the details of these stories because the details don't matter. But you need to understand something. It's not that we have a problem of so many whiny babies right now who are offended by everything in, in America. It's not that. We have a problem in that people give these people power and listen to them. That, that's the problem we ultimately have. There's always a group out there. Let me explain. Every, everywhere you turn, no matter what it is, there's a group out there who is actually created to be offended by everything. I know because they always complain about the show because, you, as you know, I'm very offensive about everything. There's a separate group for everything. I could come on here right now and say something about left-handed people, and I bet you money. I bet you money there is a left-handed activist group out there. Well, you have to get it. These groups, they only form to do something. You know, you can't form a pro-left-handed people group and never do anything. So their entire mission in life is to look around for anybody who says something negative about those left-handed freaks and then they and then they, they they become activists about it. They complain, they write to your boss, they call into the stations. That that's what we have. Okay, so we know that's the situation on the ground. The problem is powerful people now, they either agree with them or they feel like they have to listen to them. I don't know when we got to this place in society I don't, when we felt like we had to listen to whiny losers. These people are all losers. You don't have to. You know you can ignore them. In fact, you know you can mock them and then go on to ignore them. Instead, the whiny people who are offended by everything underneath the sun, they run this country now. They run the country now. It's astounding to watch it. All right. We'll get back to... Uh a bit more on Italians in just a moment. Yeah, I told you we were going to be offensive tonight. But first and foremost, my pillow. They're having the sale of the year right now. Sale of the year. You see, they have Giza Dream Sheets at my pillow. You've heard me talk about Giza Dream Sheets a thousand times. It's the only thing I'll sleep in. They're half off. Half off. Right now, for a limited time only, and I can't stress that enough, it's a limited time only. If you go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener specials and use the promo code JESSE, you can get Giza Dream Sheets for as low as $49.99. And how often, how often do you and I talk about being more purposeful with where we spend and don't spend our money? 
all these corporations out there, all of them bowing to the woke mob and dumping on America, not my pillow, still on the front lines Mike Lindell is every single day. Go enjoy the best sheets money can buy. Go to MyPillow.com, radio listener specials, use the promo code JESSE, get two sets of Giza Dream Sheets. That's what I would do. Half off. MyPillow.com, promo code JESSE. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. You're welcome. It is The Jesse Kelly Show. Did not tell you it was going to be a fun night tonight. If you missed any part of the show, you can find the whole thing on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. On iTunes, leave a five-star rating. Leave a review talking about how handsome I am. And yes, we'll take some more phone calls later because they've been hilarious. Something harsh and hilarious your father said to you. 877-377-4373. If you would like to email the show, you can. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Your love, your hate, your death threats. Everything is welcome here. Your Ask Dr. Jesse questions for Friday. You can get those in now. They all go right to Chris. He prints out all your emails for me. I read them all. I will never respond. I get way too many, and I'm rude. Dear Handsome Commie Slayer, I listen to your show via podcast and feel like last night's show should have come with a disclaimer. <laughs> the heat you were bringing made hell seem like a ski resort, but it was, it was needed, especially your wailing on the do-nothing Republicans. Uh, okay, last night's show was a bit of an aberration. As you know, I like to laugh. Obviously, we can hammer away at the commies and Republicans all the time. But I was extremely fired up last night for the entire three hours. I try to never actually do that because I don't think it's good for me. I don't think it's good for you. There's enough yelling and screaming out there all the time. that I, You shouldn't listen to anything in your free time. You don't have to listen to the show. This is something you do in your free time or something you do while you're working or working out or cooking or something like that. It shouldn't make you feel terrible. You shouldn't feel like garbage. And so I don't like yelling and screaming for three hours. I'll never do it. Well, I'll try to never do it. Last night was a bit of a unique case. I just, I was sitting back and analyzing where we are in the world. And I feel like, like I explained last night, I feel like we're watching America free fall down the world rankings in, in real time. No, no country lasts forever on top. And I feel like we're watching ourselves free fall down it. And I love the place and it angered me. <laughs> my boss just mandated vaccines at work, effective September 1st. I had to give my notice and politely decline the shot. My moral integrity cannot be purchased. Again, this com- this brings me back to the whole uh, Christy Nome thing. It sounds like I'm picking on her, but I'm not. This brings me back to every Republican who won't use the power they have left in the states to protect people because of freedom, 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 fast liberty, freedom. It's about freedom. You have freedom. Everyone has freedom. My email inbox is not full of people begging for someone to be the perfect libertarian or perfect conservative or perfect nationalist or whatever. My email inbox is full of real people, probably like you, saying, I'm about to lose my job. Somebody help me. And if the response from the right, if the response from the leaders on the right is, well, mm, you know, I would love to help you, but it's not about freedom. It's, I, I only talk about freedom. I, freedom. It's just freedom here. Freedom, freedom. Does that help? I said freedom to you. I mean, you're a real human being. 
You're a father about to lose your job. You're a mother about to lose your job. You're, you're, you may not be able to provide for your family soon, but what you really need, here's a two- or three-minute video about freedom. Does that pay your bills? Does my freedom video pay your bills? Or do you want me to actually take action to try to protect you from these disgusting communist hordes? It's what I've been trying to get across all night. Um, until these people are defeated, we can't sit and have this talk where we argue about, well, this this policy may be better or that policy. Well, should we, should we fight about it? Until the communists are defeated, none of the rest of this stuff matters. None of the rest of this stuff matters, period. Team, with the likelihood of U.S. citizens being both left behind and held hostage in Afghanistan as a result of Biden-Harris failing, can the three of you, he emailed me, Dan Bongino, and Glenn Beck, he said, can the three of you team up and morph the current rescue of Afghan Christians into an initiative to hire Blackwater to retrieve our citizens by force when required with General Boykin reviewing the plan? It's actually not a terrible plan except for the fact Systems will never, ever, 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 ever allow you to expose their corruption and expose their idiocy. What do I mean by that? Let's assume I had the money, which that's not me. That's not me. Let's assume I had the money to go hire some uh, private military contractor, some PMC group out there to go in and start getting our people out. One that would cost an absolute fortune because we're talking about a hundred to two hundred thousand Taliban soldiers. The risk involved in going in there without U.S. military support—it's probably more than any one of them would even agree to. If they did agree to it, you'd have to make sure they could retire on their own island somewhere. And I don't have enough money to pay somebody to mow my lawn, let alone have somebody have, have a private military contractor go over there. That's one. But two, even if you could, even if, let's say it's Billionaire Kelly, which has a nice ring to it if we're being honest. Let's say it's Billionaire Kelly, and I could go hire anyone I wanted. The United States government would never let me. They would stop me because it would make them look bad. If I were to ever actually send a huge group over there, gather up all of our citizens who are left, they would never, ever, ever let me. I mean, do you think... Do you think guys like the Pentagon spokesman who's out there saying there's nothing we can do, I mean, it's not really in our control, do you think Kirby and his type, do you think they'd really let me send a bunch of PMCs? We have been nothing but open with uh, the Taliban about who we expect them to let in. Uh, again, fully recognize that it's not every step of this process is in our firm control and that there are going to be instances where uh, it doesn't work as advertised. Does that sound like a guy who's going to let me get away with it? You'd have to hire a foreign group, which I I think Blackwater actually is foreign, aren't they? Are they British? I think they're British. Blackwater's British, so you'd have to go through a foreign agency. But even then, honestly, I bet if they found out you were the one who hired them, they'd try to crack down on you. Systems do not allow themselves to be embarrassed. They never allow themselves to be embarrassed. Don't forget, 877-377-4373. Hilarious and mean things your father told you. Email, Blue Steel Kelly. If it's true that America has reached its 100 years as top dog, who takes our top spot? He asks, is it China? And can the demise be reversed? He said, if, say, our next president has balls of steel like you. So as I can say, his name, his name is Ryan. One, I'm never going to be president. As I told you, I'm never running for office again. 
I will not adjust the things I say for anybody. And I could never get elected with the way I talk, not with this touchy-feely country. And two, no, the demise is not inevitable. It can be reversed. Now, we have a lot of work to do to do it. But we still have so many of the things in place to remain top dog for a very, very, very long time. But unless we will get 100% committed to rooting these people out of government at every level, we'll never do it. And when I say every level, I mean this. You want to change the direction of the United States of America? Go run for school board. Go run for school board. All the rot and corruption you see now, it starts in school. And in America, it starts in school at a very, very early age. Very early age. You want to take your country back? Go run out the commie scum from your school board. Take some more calls. Get to some more emails. And I have Heavy D dropping bombs next. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. I got to be honest. I was tempted just to let the Eagles play there. Just Just to let the Eagles play there. But then I thought to myself, well, Jesse, if you do that, you're actually acting like the Eagles are more pleasant to listen to than you are, and there's no way that's true. What, Chris? There's no way that's true. What's better to listen to than me? <laughs> All right. All right. Oh, I, I, I can't believe the things these people feel comfortable saying. I played this a little earlier on the show. But you know Joe Biden, he passed down this uh, mandatory vaccine for the military guys. Passed down the mandatory vaccine for the military guys. He was asked about it. Kirby, Pentagon spokesman Kirby was asked about it today. And just, just the way they put things, it just disgusts me. What is the, the secretary's policy or, or decision on any troops who refuse to get the vaccine? What the secretary has uh, communicated to the military departments is to execute this mandatory vaccination program with uh, obviously skill and professionalism, which we always do, but also with a measure of compassion. And so for uh, a member who still objects, the individual will uh, be offered a chance to sit down with a physician and have that physician communicate to them uh, the risks that they're taking by continuing to not want to take uh, the vaccine. Uh, They will also be offered a chance to sit down with their chain of command and their leadership to talk about the risks that their objection uh, will impose on the unit and on the force. It's very compassionate. Look, if you don't want the vaccine we're telling you to get, we're going to sit sit you down with the doctor, who, of course, we have control of, and he's going to tell you what an unhealthy piece of trash you are and why you're going to kill everybody. And then if that doesn't work, we'll go sit down with your chain of command and they'll calmly and uh, they'll calmly assure you how they're going to destroy your career. It's very compassionate. <laughs> haven't, you, haven't you heard? Sounds very, very compassionate to me. Did you see what these dirty Italians are up to again, Chris? Salmonella outbreak in 17 states linked to Italian-style meats, CDC says. I have been warning people about Italians for a long time now, and now you're all seeing it. What, Chris? Now everyone's seeing what I've been saying. How nice try. Chris said not only did they kill Jesus, they're trying to poison you. Chris is constantly trying to absolve himself of responsibility for what he did. Email. Jesse, Bin Laden Laden died on December 15th, 2001 in Afghanistan. He had nothing to do with the attacks on the World Trade Center on 9-11. 
That attack was done by Israel and the traitors in the U.S. government. Chris, I knew it. I knew it all along. I should have known from the very beginning it was you people and your control of the weather and the banks. And I knew it. All right, let's get back. 877-377-4373. Harsh, hilarious things your father told you. Luke in Massachusetts, go. Hey, Jesse. When I was in high school, my dad would go to all the meet your teacher nights where they go through your schedule. Uh, after each teacher's presentation, he would walk up and introduce himself and tell the teachers, Hi, I'm Bill. I'm Luke's, son, uh, Luke's father. Um, please feel free to smack my son. He's a teenage boy. He needs to get smacked sometimes. Uh, if he comes home and tells me you hit him in class, I'm not going to ask any questions. I'm just going to hit him again and ask what he did wrong. Because I'm going to believe you. And you're not really allowed to do that, but yeah, you can go ahead and hit him. That's fine. Luke... Luke, I have to know, uh, how did life turn out for you, though? Are you a well-adjusted human being? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, I mean, I never got in that much trouble at school because, well, you know, new dad would hear about it. And I'm a high school teacher now, actually. How about that? How about that? What do you teach? Yeah. Uh, Theology. Scripture. Oh. Oh, at a Christian school? Yeah, yeah, I'm in the Catholic school. Oh, how about that? How about that? In your stupid face, Chris, he's teaching about Jesus. Good phone call, Luke. I appreciate you. That's awesome. Buffy, also in Massachusetts. Buffy, go. Yes, I am, Jess. Um, I am the youngest of 10 kids with a World War II dad who probably saw everything. And as a youngster, you know, trying to get away with drinking and doing things I shouldn't do. My dad said, don't try to F an old cat with a kitten. And I, my mother yelled at him because he actually said the word. And I went, well, um, okay. <laughs> I learned my lesson, and uh, I turned out pretty okay myself. How about that? Buffy, in a family that size, I bet you did. God bless you guys. That's awesome. You know, you rarely, I'm I'm sure there are examples, you rarely run into people who grew up in these huge families that are all screwed up. There's something about being in a big family that just is healthy. I don't know what it is about that. I don't know. I don't know. Jesse, I wish that Mary Jane would have gotten more specifics on her beef tips and noodles. That was Mary Jane. Mary Jane was a caller from last night. I managed to upset her greatly, and I tried to calm her down asking about her beef tips and noodles, and she just was having none of it. He also said that he said a prayer for Haley. Uh, Let's go ahead and make sure we do that again tonight. We had a phone call last night from a guy, a former Marine. His daughter Haley's just been diagnosed with thyroid cancer. Cannot imagine having that phone call as a parent. Let's make sure we're keeping them in our prayers. Hi, Jesse. I'm so happy to hear you talk about this subject. He's talking about coyotes. I knew that this was tied to the liberal agenda. I grew up in Boston and never saw a tick until I moved to the suburbs. I'm dumbfounded as to why people put up with coyotes carrying off their pets. Every chance I get when the subject comes up on Facebook chats, I start the fray. Look, I've brought this up several times, and I'm not actually being... I'm not trying to be tongue-in-cheek or just doing a bit with it. It really legitimately, it it shows how soft we are, and it blows me away how we deal with animals. And I'm not anti-animal. I love animals. 
I mean, love them. As far as, you know, safari shows and and, and I, I love hunting. I love fishing. I love being in nature. I love animals. I genuinely love them. The way Americans allow animals to rule their lives and push them around is the most bizarre thing to me. I remember there was a story. I'm going to screw up the details on it, but it was in Florida. There was a story about all these peacocks. There was this huge herd of peacocks that had invaded this area, and they kept attacking people in their cars. And the the article was about what a huge problem this was. I'm sorry? Does nobody own a shotgun? How long should you allow birds to push you around? Hey, we had a peacock problem. Then I got my 12-gauge in a bunch of shells. Guess what we're having for dinner tonight, kids? I'm not trying to even be over the top or mean. It blows me away. She brought up coyotes. This happens. They they tried to do this in Montana. I used to live in Montana. And they tried to do this with wolves. They they decided they were just going to turn the wolves back loose in Montana. They'd been hunted to pretty much extinction from up there. They decided they were going to turn them loose. Well, Montana, it's full of ranchers. Ranchers who, you know, ranchers have animals. And people, people who've never seen them don't understand about wolves. They think they're like dogs. Wolves are gigantic. I have pictures. You know what? I'll try to find a picture and put it up on the show Twitter, at Jesse Kelly Show. Wolves are not only gigantic, they are genius animals, and they hunt in packs. Wolves can and will kill everything. And the, the funniest part of it, it was, is all these city slickers decided the wolves should be able to just get turned loose again. Montana ranchers just started killing them. Oh, you weren't allowed to, but everybody knew it as the three S's up there, shoot, shovel, and shut up. All these ranchers would just go out and they just murder every wolf they found and bury it in the ground. That's how you handle problems with animals. Oh, we're overrun by coyotes. Does nobody own a 223? I mean, somebody can handle that problem for you. All right, we'll get back to a couple more of your phone calls about harsh, hilarious things your father said, 877-377-4373, and I'll get to headlines I didn't get to. We got one more segment. Hang on. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show final segment. Oh, man, I told you it was going to be a good show. Did I not tell you it was going to be a good show? Uh, We had to bounce back. It's not like we bounced. Wait, we weren't. It's not bounced down. We weren't down last night. It was just the show was so angry last night because I was furious. Look, I'm still furious. What are you going to do? What are we going to do? We're going to get to headlines I didn't get to in just a second. I feel like I promised everybody a story. I know I promised Heavy D, though. Heavy D's out there blasting away on kids in masks. This is why, this is the reason why people are flooding into Florida. I understand, uh, respectfully, people in your profession love having kids in masks. I get it. You guys have taken an editorial position on that. Very clear. (laughs) He does. Look. Ron DeSantis is laying out a roadmap for the new right, for how the right must conduct itself. As I have explained a thousand times, this whole, well, there's nothing I can do about that. I believe in freedom. That whole attitude 
It has to stop now. We don't have any time for it anymore. And I'm as small government as anyone else. Every philosophy, every approach isn't made for every period of time. I mean, we've talked about it before. I'm sure you know the ancient Rome, the Romans, when they were a republic. But when a crisis broke out, generally a war of some kind, they would suspend that and appoint a dictator, a temporary dictator. You, you're now in control of everything, the economy, military, everything. You call the shots. Why? Well, they realized every single time, every single event, every single phase of life, one-size-fits-all ideologies don't work. It It doesn't work. You have to be willing to adjust for the times we have. This whole laissez-faire, look, there's nothing I can do about it. It's just a freedom, freedom, liberty, freedom. That was for 50 years ago. If you wanted to live your life like that in the United States of America, and I'm saddened we don't, right? I mean, that's what I want. That's what you want. I'm saddened we don't get that. But we should have stopped the communists a long time ago. Now, my email email inbox is full of people who are about to lose their job. They don't need freedom, freedom, freedom fest. They need you to protect them. They need it now. All right, back to your phone calls. Oh, I have a feeling this one's going to be good. Gary in Brooklyn, what did your dad say to you? Whoa, let me just tell you this. My father was a plumber, very philosophical, and he was a Jewish gang, street gang leader in the 1930s. That's awesome. When my brother and I came in the house and someone beat us up or we had some problem, get ready for this. He who gets it, gots it. (laughs) (laughs) it's like that's my father it's incredible i'm sure and i'm sure he's listening in heaven and cracking up Uh, because we cracked up at the time it's funny as well by the way this is the first time i'm listening to your show you are incredible i appreciate you gary appreciate you and i appreciate your old man i wish we had more men like that still in this country that's stinking awesome that is stinking awesome all right claudio in San Diego, one that's a great name, Claudio, go. Yeah, so uh, when I was a young lad and I would mess up, uh, one of my dad's favorite saying would be, boy, you could F up a wet dream. Oh, jeez, Claudio. It's a family show. Good grief. <laughs> Jeff in Colorado, go. Hi, Lee. Uh, I was just going to say when I was a youngster and my older brother, he's a, uh, we were like six and eight years old. We had a, those old walkie talkies and we oh, yeah. lost one. And so we were trying to uh, contact airplanes in the coldest. <laughs> and all of a sudden we got an alien. His name is Cumulus Nimbo <laughs> and he was 70 feet tall uh, with green scales and yellow fur, and he was going to visit us that night. And I looked up in the window at the house, and I saw the antenna, and my dad said, no, I, when Cumulus Nimbo shows up, the antennas come out of the back of my head. I'm a Martian. <laughs> and I believed him. I believed him for the, for the rest of my life until I was an adult. I thought my dad was a Martian. <laughs> I miss I miss being able to lie like that to my kids. I have lied like that to them their entire life. Now they're 10 and 12 and they're so jaded. I told them forever when they were a kid, I, I told them I was uh, the Incredible Hulk. 
And then eventually they started waking up. They're like, wait a minute, but we've seen you get really mad. Like when you stub your toe, why haven't you, why haven't you turned green and whatnot? No, no, you don't understand. I don't want to hurt you or your brother. And I'm worried I would hurt you. Just don't make me really, really mad. And you could tell the wheels were starting to turn. (laughs) And I told him at one point that I was a Jedi and I would find ways to try to get things to move. Yeah, none of that works anymore. Now I've lied for so long. They don't believe anything. That's called good parenting right there. That's called good parenting. That's when you know you're a good father. All right, one more. Last one for the night. We'll have some more fun tomorrow. Brandon in Greeley, Colorado. Go. Hey, I got one for you real quick. Uh, When I was about 040, I was visiting with my uh, cousins and my 95-year-old grandfather. And uh, my oldest cousin made a comment about getting old. My grandfather looked at us and said, boy, you ain't old till you sit in the tub and your balls float. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that phone call, Brandon. <laughs> you know, I have nobody to thank for this but myself. I understand because every time I get tempted to say, ah, maybe that was a little crude, I am reminded of my mentor, Michael Berry, and what he told me. He said, I want you to understand something, Jesse, because I've only been doing this a few years, right? He said, I want you to understand something. I doubt you will, but if there ever comes a day when your audience makes you mad or someone does something, remember, it's your fault. And I said, what are you talking about? It's my fault. Well, how how would that be my fault? He said, oh, no, 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 no. Your audience is a reflection of you. If if they're a little if they're a little one way, that's because you're that way. <laughs> I love you guys. All right, we're gonna have more fun tomorrow. Yeah, we'll yell about Afghanistan and Biden and all that other stuff from some more. I'm sure we'll make fun of Kamala too. It's what we do. Keep your chin up. So-